If you have an interest in horses and love learning more about horses, the horse industry, teaching, or even managing your own horse business, then you're in the right place. We would love you to join us on our mission, which is to improve the lives of horses around the world through the education of riders, handlers, and trainers. So get comfortable, listen in, and enjoy. Horse welfare and safety are of utmost importance where humans have any interaction with horses. Within the courses at International Horse College, we only utilise methods that promote safe and humane ways of interaction between horses and humans. We only support safe methods of educating riders, handlers and trainers about horse welfare. Internationalhorsecollege.com, registered training organisation 31352. Now, our guest today is Lee Beerman. Lee's been on a couple of times before, and if you go back to horsechats.com slash Lee Beerman or just go and search Lee, L-E-A, you'll notice that she's a Grand Prix rider, Grand Prix coach, Grand Prix trainer, Grand Prix judge. You know, pretty much Grand Prix was her goal when she was young and she made it. And today we're going to talk about 10 types of events to prepare you for international competitions. The information she's going to give you will be absolutely brilliant if you're just starting off and you've never, ever been to a competition. You don't have any plans at all to ride in international competitions, but you might want to ride around a little bit locally. Is that right, Lee? How are you today? I'm fine, thanks, Glenys. Good. Lee, looking forward to talking to you about this because, you know, it's not just about getting to competitions or to international competitions. It's right from the very beginning, which everyone starts right at the very beginning. So I'm sure it's going to suit quite a lot of riders. And for those who are looking about going into international competition, it will suit them as well. But where do we get started? I mean, you know, say we've never been to a competition. We might have seen one. We might have been to have a look but not actually ridden our own horse to a competition. Can we just start off with practising individual movements? Would that be a good thing to practise or how would that start up? Well, of course, every competition is made up of individual movements Mm -hmm. performed at at certain markers and the riders have a book of tests that they can um, buy from the Judge Queensland or Equestrian Australia and these give them the outlines of the actual test that they would be asked to perform. But to get ready even before that stage, just practising riding each of the movements, your 20-metre circles on the correct line, your correct line for corners, correct straight lines across the long diagonal, just practising riding those movements can help to get you ready to be able to come out and show them in front of a judge at some time down the track. All right. So you talk about riding correct lines, correct movements, correct circle. They've got to be accurate, haven't they? You know, to score a higher mark, to do better, to progress on to better training, we're looking at accuracy. Yeah, and being accurate indicates to the judges that two things, that you know where the line is for that movement Mm -hmm. and you're able to steer your horse on that line. Yep. Um, Yep. I go around teaching at quite a lot of private arenas and private places and I'm always amazed at people who train without markers. I say, Mm. oh, have you got markers? Oh, no, I, I didn't want to outlay money for the markers or whatever. Um, but you can use anything, ice cream containers or um, cardboard, the sure. cardboard with the letters yep. printed on the cardboard, um, vessel blocks with the letters on. That's what I had for a long time. Yep. And yep. Um, just as long as you've got something that says this is the point at which you have to make that transition or start that movement. Mm-hmm. Um, and this becomes a much more demanding type of riding than just practising the movements 
ad, ad lib anywhere around on your arena. Because when you're just practicing movements, you can do it wherever you like. You can wait till the horse is ready. You can use as much preparation as you can, as you need to get them ready and then do it at the time when they're ready. But once you start to do it as a competition in an arena and you start using the markers, you have to be able to get them ready by the marker. So you mm-hmm. can actually mm-hmm. make that transition or perform that movement exactly when your body is level with the marker. And this means you have to be able to ride half halts, you have to be able to ride on correct lines, and all, all those things that advance your training. Okay, okay. Now, so far, the practising the individual movements and then the joining up the movements at the markers, that's sort of, you know, like you can compete against yourself. That's still a competition, I suppose, isn't it? If, you, if you're competing against yourself, you're improving and you're still looking at how you did yesterday and can you improve on that? Yeah, I think every single sport talks about personal best. Mm-hmm. We're no different. You can certainly say, okay, I'm really going to focus for the next week on riding correct 20-metre circles and half 20-metre circles, which gets you ready for serpentines and um, all of the figures that are in the lower-level test. So you can um, put out some additional markers that give you guidelines of the points you have to pass through to ride a correct 20-metre circle, and then you can slowly take those guideline markers away and do it without the guideline markers Mm -hmm. and see if you Mm -hmm. can still be accurate. Okay, so okay. you can progress along a very um, varied ways and means of improving your ability to do things at markers. And then once you're doing one movement at a marker, then joining it up to the next movement, which begins at the next marker. So the pressure increases a little bit more. You have to have the horse in front of your aids and under control and steerable so you can ride the next movement and the next movement and the next movement. And certainly you can practice this at home and hopefully get your personal best improving each time you try. Okay. Okay. Now, what if you're riding with friends? You know, if you've got other friends that are sort of in the same boat of you and you might, you know, go out each afternoon or each morning and practice riding together, can you sort of make it a bit competitive then and, you know, see who can go between the markers or see who can score the best between your friends? Is that the way we can start off competitions without all the pressure of going to a competition and preparing and plaiting up? Is that something that you can do is just when you're out riding with other riders? Yeah, you can you can practice doing something at markers going on a trail ride. You can say, okay. the next big tree on the right-hand side, I'm going to go from a medium walk into a working trot. And mm-hmm. so the tree becomes a marker and um, you can practice that way. Um, when you're out on a trail ride with friends, turn it into a dressage trail ride. That's a um, good idea. But certainly yeah. if, you, if there's a group of you meeting up, you can say, okay, can you just watch and tell me if I'm doing this at the marker? Um, you know, was my body level with the marker when I did that? Or... I'm going to ride 15 steps from this marker to this marker. Can you tell me how many I did? Um, So the steps were the length that I needed and those sorts of things. And you can watch each other do that. And even better, if if it's safe, of course, you can swap horses. So your horse might be a quick-reacting horse, so you might only have to do one or two little half-halts to preparing for a, a movement at a marker whereas another horse might have a slower response time and you have to do more and get ready a lot earlier. And this all helps you to learn as a rider to read what your horse needs to best perform the movements at the markers as they would in a competition test. 
Mm-hmm. And I like the way that you, well, first of all, you talk about doing it on a trail ride because, you know, riding round and round, we don't want to just stay in the arena and gives the dressage horse some variety. But I also like the way you're saying so many steps. So it's not necessarily friends talking about each other and giving their opinion which can become a little bit more personal, but you're saying, right, 10 steps, 15 steps, whatever. So I like the way you do that. What can you do if you're riding and training with friends? What's sort of the next step you can do? I suppose the the next step could be you could organise your own little competition. Okay, um, okay. That gives everybody an opportunity to not only participate as a rider, but somebody then has to judge. Yep. And somebody has to add up the score sheets and work out the score so you learn how, how all that's done mm-hmm, and experience mm-hmm. all those things. And um, every time you do ride in front of somebody and ride a test as laid out on a test sheet, and you can even make your own tests up if you wanted to, yep, um, yep. and um, each time you do that, you're improving your skills as a competition rider. But a competition rider is just somebody who has a really well-trained, obedient horse who is correctly on the aids and responds correctly to the aids given. Okay, and that that's a good step too before you actually go out and compete. I, I just think if you you keep making the small steps, and with that local, con, you know, just a competition between your friends, is that the time where you might even ask someone who's already a judge, can you come out here for a couple of hours and and just uh, I've just got a group of friends. We're not making it a competition. Well, you know, it's still a competition between the friends, but just to give us a bit of an idea to put that little bit of pressure on before you actually go out and compete. Yes, yeah, for sure. Um, maybe your coach, if you've got a coach, yep. ask them if they'd be willing to judge. And, yeah, just give everybody the experience of what the whole sport is about. I mm-hmm. think everybody should have a turn of judging and, and learn at least the basics of doing it. Yep. But, yeah, often you get somebody in the district, you'll, you'll be surprised how many people in the district have had something to do with dressage, and some of them have, are actually ex-judges or even current judges. Okay. And they're more than happy to come out and help, yeah. Okay, good, good. Stop. I need to interrupt this chat for a hot-off-the-press notification. That is, that the latest version of the book, 101 Careers in the Horse Industry, is now available, and the best news is that it's a free download. So if you work in the horse industry... If you have a plan to work in the horse industry and have a career in the horse industry, or if you know someone who plans to have a career in this fabulous industry, then this is an essential book for you to read now and then keep as a reference as you progress through your career. With over 100 jobs to choose from, you'll probably find at least one that you'd happily do without being paid. So simply go to internationalhorsecollege.com, scroll down to the bottom of the page and click on the 101 careers in the horse industry button to receive your free career book. Imagine, maybe one day you could be a guest on Horse Chats. Now, say you've done the the dressage test with your friends. You've got out, you know, someone who's a coach or a judge or preferably both. You've done that. You've had a great time. You say, right, now I want to go to a real competition where I'm competing against people that I don't necessarily know. What's the best way to do that? You know, this is the first ever competition where they're competing against strangers. Yeah. Well, probably before that even, I would go to what they call a protocol day. Mm-hmm. And I'm, some of your listeners may have heard of these. And this is where um, specific clubs, certain riding clubs, run um, days where they have an official judge come out. You prepare a test. You ride it for that judge. The judge gives feedback on each movement and then goes through and says, 
how you can do this this movement better or make this transition better. And then you go and do it again, trying to incorporate the improvements that the judge suggested. So these protocol days, um, while they're not a competition where ribbons are awarded, they're certainly riding under competition conditions. You ride a whole test through in front of a judge who then gives you immediate feedback, verbal feedback on what you did, and then gives you instructions on how you can actually improve what you've done there. Mm-hmm. So that would probably be the first type of competition that you might go to. But then there's days that are called members' days or club days. Um, you have to join the club, so whatever your local dressage group or club is, you need to be a member of that club to, to participate in these days. And the tests start with what's called preparatory tests, and these are often walk trot tests only. They don't have canter, so they're meant for people to be able to come in and if they're you know a little bit worried still about their canter or they're a bit worried about getting the strike off or something, they can go into a test and just do walk trot and experience the competition and having to do the transitions at markers and getting placed in ranks and getting ribbons and it's a really a good place to start. Yep, great. And I love the way that you're just bringing it along. You've, you know, you've started off just practicing your individual things. You're riding with other riders. You've got the competition, the protocol day, and even just the walk trot test. So while you're in your local dressage clubs, are there tests with canter that you can practice before you say you go out to an official competition? Yes, yes, sure. They, there's three, uh, four preparatory tests, and one of those has canter in. Mm-hmm. The others are just walk and trot. Yep. And then there's preliminary tests and novice tests, which all have canter, walk trot, and canter in, and they would be offered at your members' days. Some members' days even go up to the, the higher level tests as well, to the international level tests, okay. um, depending on how big the club is and what the um, support is for mm-hmm. running these sort of days. Most clubs will put on what you want if, if there's enough people say, oh, we'd like a protocol day or we'd like to do a a prelim-only day or whatever, Um, the clubs are more than happy to organise it and to use hop in and help organise it Mm -hmm. and run it so you can dip your toe in the water, so to speak. Good, good. Now, say you've been competing in your local dressage club and, you know, you've sort of been to a few, you've done quite well and you think – I'd just like to join, do an official test. You know, where all the, I suppose, the more professionals, but there's some amateur people there as well. What's the step? What do they need to do to prepare to do any official test? Do they have to have special memberships or what has to happen there? Well, you, you would probably need to join the, your local, your, your national body, which yep. is Equestrian Australia. and, and well, Equestrian Australia in, in Australia. Yeah, so whoever the yes. national body is, yes. Yeah, your, yep. your own national organisation. Yep. Um, and they run competitions which start with prep, prep mm-hmm. but also go prelim, novice, elementary, medium, advanced and even higher. Mm-hmm. Um, and you can... Once you join the your, your national equestrian body, you just have to read up on the rules of what levels you can go at. So, for instance, in Australia, if you're a participant member of the EA, you can compete preliminary and novice level um, at, those, at those competitions that are classed as preparatory competitions. And you usually see them called closed or club and preparatory and participatory competitions. Mm-hmm. That's usually what they're called, yep. and um, that's the best place to start. What about you're in open events, but you're not competing against professionals? Is there like an amateur owner event so that you're not going straight up against professionals at these more official events? 
Yeah, for sure. Um, um, there is a very strong amateur owner section of um, dressage in Western Australia and very well supported. Um, you might find when you go to the competition, you might ride in the same class mm-hmm. as professional riders, but the placings will be separated out. So all the amateur owners will be placed one against each other and the competition riders will be placed separately. Um, and the same with juniors. They might ride in that class, but the actual awards will be made you know, to the category that they've nominated for. Yep, yep. Okay, so say if you, you're doing well as an amateur owner and you want to go into the open events, is that the next step? You just nominate for the open events so you're not being classed as an amateur owner? You can just say, look, I want to ride open. Do you have to be a professional or can you just be an amateur owner? You can still be an amateur owner. The only thing is you have to make sure you're in the correct category of membership for your local organisation. For instance, to ride in competition-level events, you have to be registered with the organisation as a competition-level rider. Yep. Not um, You can't be an amateur-owner rider and go in open competitions um, okay. without having having joined the, the um, relevant organisation at the level that you require. So you might have to change your, your actual classification that you've joined under. And it's even very sure. easy to do to just sure. change from... Um, and amateur owner to professional if that's you decide you want to compete at the higher level. What's the next step then? After open events, mm-hmm. what's the next step riding towards international competitions? Now, some people might have said, right, well, I'm up to the level and I'm, I'm happy to just ride in open events, but other people are going to be saying, but I want to ride further. What's the next level that they can ride at or what's the next type of event you'd recommend that they go to? Well, the official competitions um, are also all graded. Some mm-hmm. they're one star, two star, three star, and that they're graded according to the level of classes that they offer. Um, they're graded according to the kinds of judges that they use. Like the higher grades have to um, use international judges or inter- interstate judges. So the organisation of the event is a little bit different. Not that the rider knows notices that it's still, still a judge and you riding in it in the ring. Mm. But um yeah, so that there are requirements that the organizers have to meet to pre- present these um graded official events. But at any time, you know, there's no need for everybody to think, Oh, I want to ride internationally. You can stop off at any time. You can stay amateur owner if as long as you like and ride just that. You can stay a participant member and just compete in those. You can just be a member of your local club and only go to local club days. There's no pressure to constantly be upgrading. Okay. But if you are doing well and you feel like you would like to see how you stood up against the more professional riders, then that's a certainly the pathway. And once you're doing well in competition-level events, the higher-level events, there's things like squad selections. Um, if you're doing really well, then you may well be invited onto a state squad or, or even a national squad. Um, and then there's more opportunities for training and competing. Um, so that would be then, say, a state championship event might be part of the squad selection process. So you go to a state championships where you have to actually qualify. So you have to have achieved so many percentages at such and such a level to be able to participate in that. And then after the state championships, there's a national championship. So in Australia, the Australian championships uh, held usually down south, so we usually we have to travel, <laughs> but that's okay. Um, everybody travels mostly. 
Um, so that would be national championships. So you can compete in, in the Australian championships at home here and that might be where you step off the ladder and say, okay, that's as high as I want to go. Um, but if you're still keen and want to go higher and higher, you start competing in the international type tests like the Crescent George and the Inter One and the Grand Prix, competing in national competitions at that level. And then if um, funding allowed <laughs> and your talent allowed, you can look at maybe going overseas and t- travelling the horse overseas and competing internationally. And again, there's horses that require passports and there's some technical details you have to take care of. But, yeah, there's certainly nothing to stop you if you're able to organise that, to go on to that level, um, oh, yep. if that's that's where you want to go to. Look, I, I think, Lee, you've given us a really clear plan. I think um, obviously everything has got to go alongside your coach and I know that you're always happy to help. You're always happy to answer questions, to do everything else. Lee, if people would like to contact you, what's the best way? I'm hopeless with email. I just don't get around reading them. So if you email me, don't be surprised we don't hear back for, for a few days. But um, texting is the best way. I, I do text every day. I'll try and keep up with text every day. Okay. So just my phone number, 0433-149-081. And, um, yeah, I'm more than happy to answer questions. All right, and we'll have those details on horsechats.com slash Lee Beerman 3, I think, or even just go to Horse Chats, search for Lee, and you'll find those details. But, Lee, I think you've read it really clear, and even for someone who's never ridden dressage, you've got a progress plan. You know, progress will just yeah. start here. And for those who've maybe already been out and already been to a protocol day and doing some local club dressage, you've still got a plan for them, you know, just this is where you are, just keep going, just just sort of keep taking mm. it step by step. And I suppose every horse is an individual, every rider is an individual, so it's a different plan for each horse-rider combination. Yeah, yeah, and you can plan to go into international level or you can say, right, I, my goal is to ride um, at a participant level. That's, yes. That's really yeah. where I see I can fit in with the amount of time I've got to put into training and whatever. Mm. Um, mm. And you can ride at that level your whole competition career. Yeah. There's no obligation to, to upgrade um, or to move to the next level, but it's entirely up to you and your horse and your own personal situation. Yep, yep. No, it's a great sport. So thanks, Lee, for coming along and uh, having a chat to us. And we look forward to talking to you again soon. I know you've got a few other things that you'd like to talk about, so we'll catch up soon. Okay, you're most welcome. Thanks, Glenis. Bye. Bye. If you've enjoyed this chat, then please comment, rate and subscribe. If you'd like any changes or recommendations for guests, then please contact us through horsechats.com. And while you're online, have a look at the government accredited courses at internationalhorsecollege.com. Registered Training Organisation 31352. Remember that our comments and instructions are general in nature and do not take into consideration your individual horses or your individual ability and circumstances. If you enjoyed this podcast, then please leave your comment below.